to the Out of the Box podcast here in Oklahoma City. We're recording live at the Renaissance Waterford in the lobby. I guess it's not live. You're all listening to the recording. But we're very excited to be once again coming from Oklahoma City ahead of the Women's College World Series. A, a kind of big event. I'm Bray yes. Robertson, Tom Canterbury. How are you? Good. And like I say, we're live as though we are live in the same room with each other <laughs> doing this podcast, I think, for the first time this season. It's true. That's amazing. It's true. We tried it earlier this year. Right. It didn't work. It did not work. We were able to do it here. here in OKC. Making it happen now. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, goodness, there's so much that we're going to have to cover. Here's your trip around the bases. We will start at the plate, talk about everything that went down in Super Regionals, what Alabama did last weekend, and what could happen this week. We'll discuss possible pitching rotation and matchups and all that. Then we will advance to first and break down the top half of the bracket that features Almost inexplicably, the Georgia Bulldogs, Tom? I, I, I saw a promo for it today and still could not believe that Georgia is in the Women's College World Series. But yes, we will discuss that. Yeah, congratulations to Oklahoma, who gets to play on their side of the bracket, two unseeded teams <laughs> and Oklahoma State, who they destroyed three out of four times this year. Yes, but their two losses. But their two losses are also there. So. Yes, so, you know, intrigue. Congratulations yes. to my friend. I guess we're friends, Mary Wilson Avant. <laughs> I know her mom, so that's right. fine. The truth has set Georgia free mm. here in OKC. Somehow, some way. <laughs> then we will uh, steal second and talk about the bottom half of the bracket. That would include Alabama, Arizona. That would include UCLA, Florida State. And we have seen some news drop about that half of the bracket that we'll talk about later on that yes. uh, is important, quite, very important. Quite the game changer. Yeah. Needless to say. Mm -hmm. So we'll cover it there, and then we will round third and make our picks for the first couple days of the Women's College World Series, and then we will head home and do a brief abbreviated Tom's Hungry for our lunch today, (laughs) and then uh, also we'll discuss the steak bet dinner coming up tonight Mm. with our friend Tara Henry from D1 Softball. Very excited. (laughs) Yes. Very excited. (laughs) So let's start with Super Regionals. Alabama sweeps through Kentucky, a 4-3 win in Game 1, 4-1 in Game 2. The big story, I think was Montana Fouts in Game 1, the timely hitting in Game 1 from KB side, so had the bases clearing triple. Mm-hmm. And then in Game 2, it was just great to see Lexi Kilfoyle back and looking pretty normal after yeah. it had been a long time since we'd seen her look that strong in the circle against a really good opponent. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw her be part of a no-hitter against uh, Alabama State in the regionals, but obviously a, a major step up in competition with Kentucky, and it, I, it was a very impressive. It was as good as we've seen uh, Kilfoyle probably always since the beginning of the season when she was a true 1B to Montana Faust's 1A. So um, Alabama, I think you could definitely make the argument, has the best 1-2 punch uh, in the circle in the entire Women's College World Series. And when you have uh, the best pitching, uh, you have a chance to win it, obviously. Yeah, and Lexi Kilfoyle was so good against Kentucky. Seven innings, five hits, one run it was earned. That was an earned run on a rundown. So, I mean, you know, you would right. like to get that out if you can, but if that's the only way they're scoring, then you're, right. you're cool that's, with it. One walk, seven Ks. Yeah, that was the thing you saw with both Fouts and Kilfoyle. Very few hard-hit balls, period, yeah. by the Wildcats. And that's that's not a uh, that's not an offense that – you know, to sneeze at. They were a very good offense, um, similar to Clemson's, is that Alabama was able to totally shut down. And, you know, we saw that's part of the run in 2019 for Alabama in the Women's College World Series. You you face, obviously, when you get to the World Series, you're going to face some really good offenses. Yeah. And, uh, but when the pitching is capable of shutting those down, you're going to be in every game. 
And then we saw good weekends at the plate from quite a few folks. KB sides, one for six, but that one, a basis clearing triple in game one. It doesn't matter how many you get, just that the ones that you get matter. And KB sides had that one hit really come up big. Kaylee Tao hit 500 on the week. Jenna Johnson hit 500 on the week. And Maddie Morgan, two for five, three RBIs, a home run in game two against Kentucky. And it was her first of the year, and it was a welcome sight. You know, we <laughs> thought that maybe – uh, that power element would come into play more this year. It hadn't, but it finally kicked in in the biggest moment. And, you know, that's something we've seen with her in her career, too, is that she has gotten her biggest hits toward the end of seasons and in postseason runs. So, yeah, if you're able to get those type of that type of production from everywhere in the order, which is one of the reasons why Alabama is currently on an 18-game win streak, is that it's, <laughs> they're not just relying on one or two different people. They're relying on everybody up and down. Yeah, plus it was also a good weekend for SEC Player of the Year, Bailey Hempill, who is here yeah. in the lobby. We can see her. She's over there. She was one for three with four walks. Yes. You know, <laughs> then with the, along with that, yes, she's drawing walks, but then Kaylee Tao is mm-hmm. making a pay. Yeah. Kaylee Tao, let me pull up this stat. Tao, during the win streak in ABs after teams have walked Bailey, 10 for 24, 10 RBIs, two homers, two doubles, a walk, five strikeouts. So, you, you know, take out the five strikeouts. When she's put it in play, 10 of 19. With right. 11, I should say. i got to correct my own stat. 11 RBIs. Wow. So, again, you know, Kaylee Tao was making those teams pay, and we saw that happen against Kentucky. You know, that's that's what you want to see from this team. Again, it's coming from one through nine, and when a player isn't driving in runs, and somebody else has, and that's, like you said, been the formula here in this 18-game win streak. Yep, and then you have the top and the bottom of the order with Mack and, and, and Brown getting on base, and uh, always easier to get those RBIs when – when the leadoff leadoff person or the nine hole is turning the uh, turn the lineup over is on base and with all that speed, it's an under the radar really good offense. Yeah, uh, it's one that the when you look at it, the stats some of the stats are not just going to blow you away, but if you look and see how Alabama is scoring runs and how they are winning games right now, it's one that can win any type of game. It can win those slug out uh, slug fests. It can win the pitchers duels. And we kind of we see that more in the World Series. I think we see more pitchers' duels because the the pitching becomes so elite. Um, but this this Alabama offense can can do it in that situation. And one more note on supers that we have to talk about mm-hmm. the crowds. I oh mean, man, just just ridiculous. Rhodes was rocking from the jump mm-hmm. in game one, and then it got even better and more packed and louder in game two. And it was just really cool to see. Team 25 accomplished what they accomplished in front of those fans, in front of that packed house. And uh, it was it was just a really fun moment to, to get to witness that. It really was. You know, it was, I've heard people that have been coming to games for longer than I have to say that that was the biggest crowd they've ever seen uh, for the su- Saturday matchup. Again, it was helped by 70-degree weather. It was, I mean, everything was just absolutely <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, 90 plus did yeah, that happen no, this week. No, not as much. Uh, so, yeah, it was great just to, to see people that – I'm sure have wanted to come to games all year long and haven't been able to, uh, to be able to come out and see this, this team uh, accomplish the goal of making it to the Women's College World Series, to have such a really good regional and super regional, and just to, uh, to play at their highest level at the right time. Mm-hmm. And so now we are here, yes. Oklahoma City. We have made the trek. Yes, we, we did. We're here. We got, <laughs> we got in. We've had torchies. We're having cattlemen's tonight. We're living our best life here in OKC, <laughs> and we've got games tomorrow. And we'll talk about the full bracket, but in particular, Alabama's draw. They open with an Arizona team that we are familiar with. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to open the season with them this year. We saw them in the World Series in 2019. We saw them a couple times in 2019. But this is an offense in Arizona that had struggled to travel until 
super regional. So they went into Fayetteville. They were really strong. Uh, you know, you look at the big names up and down that order, and then you realize the best NCAA tournament average, Charlize Palacios, is hitting 550 here in the tournament. So pretty good. this is a Wildcat team that is peaking at the right time, and I think it makes Thursday a very interesting matchup between these two teams because I'm not sure I trust Arizona's pitching as much as I trust Alabama's, obviously. But, man, that Wildcat offense is is really clicking on all cylinders right now. And it's interesting to see, you know, we talked about it with that Super Regional against Arkansas. Uh, you know, when you look at it, Arkansas, especially game one of that Super Regional, just not ready for prime time. Yeah. You know, that was one of those situations where Arizona had been there before. They had done that, and Arkansas obviously hadn't. We saw game two as a much better, much better, much closer game. That's not going to be the case with Alabama. Alabama's been there numerous times. They're always there, basically. They're not going to have that uh, advantage to start things off. But Arizona, you know, a very good team. Remember at the beginning of the season, we talked about the big four, and Arizona yeah. was there with Alabama along with UCLA and Oklahoma. And they they fell off of that top four because they had the struggles, like you said, when they went on the road in uh, in Florida and things like that earlier in the year. Their offense didn't travel with them. If they're able to pack the offense and come along to OKC, it's going to be a really good matchup. Yeah, Montana Fouts, only a zero ERA in 14 <laughs> innings in her career against Arizona with zero extra base hits given up. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah, that'll work. So we dive into the pitching matchup. For Alabama right now, your draw is Arizona and then the winner or loser of UCLA, Florida State. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it. I think that the general consensus here on this podcast and you know with other people we've talked to is that we should expect to see Fouts Fouts and then Lexi Kilfoyle ready to go if necessary. But I think the ideal situation for Alabama is beat Arizona, beat UCLA or Florida State with Fouts both times, and then on Sunday you've got Kilfoyle for game one. You have confidence in her, and if you know whoever you yeah. play finds a way to win that one, then you've got Montana for game two. Yeah, I think that is the dream scenario. Um, obviously, if you don't win one of these first two games, I think that kind of throws everything in flux as far as that goes. But I, I agree. I, I think we definitely see Montana to start things off. But I, it's it's really one of the best things about it being a 1A, 1B situation with, with Fouts and Kilfoyle is – that they are two totally different pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you see a, a pitcher, or see an offense, excuse me, that is hitting one really well, if you make that change, it's going to be a very tough adjustment for the offense to right. make. You know, obviously, Kilfoyle, a drop ball pitcher, Faust more more of the pace and, and the rise ball pitcher. So it, it's a really good combination to have if you're Alabama. Plus, we- you know, there's still the, the factor of uh, Crystal Goodman, uh, Sarah Cornell and Jayla Torrance. That is a, a to- totally new situation for anybody too. So uh, would not be shocked to see one, if not all three of those pitch at some point during this weekend. I don't think they'll necessarily start a game, but come in in situationals. And then, you know, defense lineup. I don't think our job has ever been easier when it comes to that, Tom. It, it stays the same. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's really, I think that's one of the reasons why Alabama is currently on an 18-game win streak is, you know, they're, it, we've been able, at this point, we can write down the lineup before we get the the lineup card, which that has not been the case in a really long time. Many years. <laughs> right. Many years. Uh, and it's just because they have found a groove. Everyone has seemed to slot it into where they where they are going. And it doesn't necessarily matter who's pitching against them. Uh, this is this is the lineup. This mm-hmm. is how it this is the way it works. That in addition to everyone has really settled into what position they're playing defensively. 
obviously that was kind of you know thrown into flux earlier in the year with the injuries. Uh, but once once everyone has settled in, and there's really no other options in most of these places, <laughs> so uh, you know it, it works out really well. Uh, it's going to be a fun day. We've yeah. got Alabama, Arizona, six o'clock Central Time on Thursday. Right after that, UCLA, Florida State at eight thirty, and then before that, Oklahoma, James Madison, and Oklahoma State, and somehow Georgia somehow in the Women's College here. World Series. Right. Uh, I was a little surprised actually that uh, that this side of the bracket got the night slot. I, I think when you look at it objectively, it's the more premier matchups for sure. Ratings on, should be higher, for right, on this session. side, but kind of surprising here in Oklahoma city that they're having the Sooners and the cowgirls play on, on the day side. But um, I think it actually kind of works in Alabama's favor uh, to play in the evening. It seems as though the bigger offensive mat games are in the daytime. Yeah. Uh, so I think if, if you're relying more on your pitching, it helps to play at night. Well, why don't we talk about that top half of the bracket? Are you ready to put it in play? Yes, let's who, do it. Who should we be? Wow. So many options. Do you need the board? Let me let me take a look let's, at this board. Let's pull let up the see. board. Hmm, who could we possibly be here on this one? You know what? Uh, I'll, I think we should go with the batting average leader on this team, and uh, we'll, we'll beat out the infield single as Alexis Mack. Done. We've put it in play. We're Alexis <laughs> Mack. We're scurrying to first. Yes. As Alabama pitching coach Stephanie Van Brekel Prothor walks by. You know, yes. she used to hit, too. She did. <laughs> she got to first several times. Yes, she did. She put it in play a bunch in her career. <laughs> so we are did. Alexis Mack and Stephanie Van Brekker-Prother <laughs> advancing to first here on the Out of the Box podcast. And when we get back, the top half of the bracket, can anyone beat Oklahoma? We'll talk about it on the other side. Welcome back to the Out of the Box Podcast. Gray Robertson and Tom Canterbury. We're here at the Renaissance Waterford in OKC in the lobby. Mm-hmm. We've had people walk by as, a, oh, look, there's Jenna Johnson wandering through the lobby, getting excited <laughs> yes. for practice later today mm-hmm. at OGE Energy Field. It's time, as we advance to first, to talk about the top half of the bracket and what an intriguing top half this is. You've got Oklahoma with potentially the best offense of all time. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's not hyperbole. No, like, like literally, like very legitimately right. a generational offense. They will take on James Madison, the official darlings. I, I bet probably the team yes. that most casual fans are pulling for here in OKC. And then we've also got Oklahoma state versus Georgia, mm-hmm. the second and other sec team here in the women's college world series. What, what odds would you have gotten before things started that Alabama and Georgia would be the, lone SEC representatives here in OKC. That would be the team that finished third and 11th in the conference, (laughs) Tom. Yes. Uh, Unbelievable. And the fact that Georgia beat Florida to get here. That's the thing. That's what I love about this Georgia team. It's not a fluke. Like, they earned it. They beat a good Duke team in two different ways. one nothing, 10-9. And then they went and swept Florida and shut them down. Like, they they deserved to be here. Yeah, they were the better team in both those games. Um, I'm stunned. But it's yes. happened. So here we are. Right. And so, I, I mean, where do we start here, Tom? I, I think we have to begin with the odyssey that mm. has brought James Madison to the Women's College World Series. Yes. You could say it. Uh, yeah, they, they have traveled a long way Yes, uh, on this odyssey. Number three in the original regional that they were in, uh, and then to knock out Tennessee to get to the Super Regional against Missouri, uh, and then go three against the Tigers. Another situation where 
you know, two of those three games, James Madison was the better team. Yeah. They, uh, they was not a fluke to, for them to beat Missouri, to, to go on the road in Columbia and beat the fighting Larissa's was, was not something I expected to happen. Um, it, it seemed as though Missouri kind of got a, when you looked at it, when the brackets were first put out, I thought Missouri kind of got a, a good draw. I thought they were a shoe in. Yeah. You know, they got, they got a really easy regional. If any, any regional can be considered easy, it was. Uh, and then, you know, a, Number nine in Tennessee that might have been overseeded a little bit based on but based on their schedule as you know and and their RPI that's where they were slotted in but then Tennessee doesn't even make it so you're like surely to goodness Missouri's going to be able to get this done but I just you know it's one of those situations where a team like that a mid major team like James Madison has a you know a great player and then the supporting parts kind of just did enough to get them here. Yeah. I mean, Kate Gordon and Kate Gordon was, you know, is their best offensive player. She was not good. She was over in the Columbia super regional and they still found a way to advance with Sarah Jubas and Lindsay Meeks and the rest of that lineup, just finding the timely hitting and yeah. finally getting to Missouri's pitchers as it super went on. But again, it all stops and starts with Odyssey Alexander who went through that great run in Knoxville. And then, you know, in Columbia, pitched a gym in game one. Game two got chased early. Right. Game three gave up the leadoff home run. And then after that was pretty much shut down of a right. really good Missouri offense. James Madison may have may have won the series when they took Odyssey Alexander out early in game two. Yeah. Instead of leaving her in there and continuing to burn her, once once it got I mean, it was like five or six nothing at that point. They said, All right, pull That's it. Yeah. Pull her out. Maybe we'll come back. If we come back, then we'll put her back in. If not, you know, we'll go all in for game three, and it worked out for him. That's what you got to do when you have have when you're relying on one pitcher. And James Madison did that, but now the road gets even tougher. Obviously, oh lord, Oklahoma. They uh, <sighs> they beat Washington, and you know it was interesting. I actually thought game one. Washington didn't play well at all, and still had a chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. You know, they were very much still in it late, but as we have seen. It is very tough for some pitchers to get through that lineup a second game. And Gabby playing really struggled in game two. Oklahoma run ruled them. The Sooners, they look like a different team from the one that I watched lose to Georgia a month ago and lose to Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago. And it is uh, daunting. And it is a very daunting task. We've got a literal David versus Goliath in the first yeah. game of the Women's College World Series. Absolutely do. And then uh, you'll also have the. this is the first game of the Women's College World World Series with the expanded stadium and, right. and uh, the expanded which means capacity, more Oklahoma fans. Which probably means more <laughs> Oklahoma fans. The hope I, I'm sure if you're James Madison, you're hoping that there's a lot of Oklahoma State fans that'll get there early and they will jump on the JMU bandwagon. And then, like you said, if you're not an Oklahoma fan, you're probably rooting for James Madison in this game. So hopefully they'll get some of the people that um, just travel in and regardless of what team they're 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 for, they always come to the World Series. I know there's a lot of people that do that uh, from all over the country. And they'll all be jumping in. It's, it's going to be a similar situation. We see this sometimes in in the NCAA basketball tournament when it's on a neutral neutral site. That you know the underdog. If you're not a fan of the one team, you're going to be you know fan of the underdog. And hopefully they'll be. So it might get closer to a 50-50, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be 50-50. It's probably going to be 60-40. You know, maybe 75-25 Oklahoma fans. And uh, but James Madison's just going to have to hope that Odyssey has. Another one of those games. And they've got to hope for mistakes, too. Yeah. Oklahoma's got to make mistakes. I, you know, I got to say, if there was one story that really stuck out to me from that Norman Super Regional, it was that Oklahoma's pitching held up. And now Washington, you know, they have their off days. They're not 
at but. UCLA. They're not, you know, they're not exactly a high flying offense. They've got good bats, but sometimes they struggle up and down the lineup. That's why they were the 16 Z. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. you know, you could say that. Yeah, and we will wrongly or rightly they were. But either way, Washington only scored three runs in this super. So Shannon Sale and Nicole May, who pitched the entire way, no sign of G Juarez in that super regional, yeah. held their own. And I, I do think that that is a good sign for Oklahoma because the biggest question mark we've had all year long is their pitching. Now, I mean, and, and you for, look, look back at their regional, though, they did give up a lot of runs. That's true. That's true. Um, so maybe it was a matchup thing. Yeah. We'll see. But they were, they, they were scoring 24, but they were giving up <laughs> 7, 8, 9. That's true. Either so, way, though, it, right. it is a confidence builder coming sure. in against Absolutely. a team that hasn't been here before. So we'll see, again, how that plays out. Yeah, but I, it's a uh, – I'm hoping it's one of those games where it's not a blowout in the first couple of innings. If if it's still a game within the third or fourth inning, JMU has a shot. Uh, but they're going to have to withstand the storm uh, to start off with. Uh, they got it. They they can't give up multiple home runs in those first couple of innings against Oklahoma. Or it's going to be over. Yeah, the Sooners they've got an advantage here, and that is they know who is pitching for JMU. Sure, JMU doesn't really know who OU is going to throw out there. But you know the Sooners are doing all the film work on Odyssey Alexander right uh-huh. now. Absolutely. Game two of the day session is at 1 Central Time, one thirty ish Central Time, and that is Georgia and Oklahoma State. Here we are, the Bulldogs, right. the truth. They have made it to OKC. Congratulations to Mary Wilson Avant and Lacey Fincher and uh, Jaden Fields, a huge part of that mm-hmm. offense against Florida Kearney in the Gainesville well. Super Regional. Yeah, Kearney. But we have seen in the past in other sports and in softball, teams go on great runs to get to the Final Four men's basketball at the Women's College World Series in softball, the College World Series in baseball. Right. And it kind of peter out and that momentum go away. And I think whether or not that happens is all dependent on which truth we get. Is it the truth that can shut out Florida across an entire Super Regional? Or is it the truth that gets chased in the first inning of her senior day against Alabama? I don't know, but she is facing a potent offense in Oklahoma State. Right, and Georgia is going to be facing that same type of uh, crowd as well. That atmosphere is not going to be – I don't think they're going to be as much for Georgia because even though they are somewhat of a Cinderella this year, they are an SEC team, they are a Power 5 team. They're not going to get the the same treatment that JMU gets uh, coming into this one. So, yeah, it's going to be about whether or not uh, the truth can shut down a very potent Oklahoma State offense. Um, She's done it, obviously, against some really good offenses before. I wouldn't say she shut down Oklahoma, but she kept – Georgia in the game as much as you can right. shut down Oklahoma she did <laughs> right so you might be able to try to do that you got I mean but similar to James Madison it's going to be a, a one-person show uh because yes Georgia has some other pitchers but I, I don't think any of them are World Series caliber um, not right now not not right now yeah. uh so it, it's going to be all about what Avant can do for him that team is just so young Tom and that can play immensely against them and immensely for them you know that the nerves could get to that offense sure. again there's so much youth that like they're basically all sophomores and freshmen and then maybe a junior or two thrown in or you know they can say screw it we're not supposed to be here so let's stick around as long as we can right and what worries me for georgia is their defense yeah. too because you can't make mistakes again if you're trying to pull that upset you can't make defensive errors and uh that bulldog off defense is capable of doing that <laughs> that's for dang sure uh so it's very similar to the other game. Uh, it just needs to still be a game after inning three or inning four. If that's the case, you know you got a good Mary Wilson going, and and you can and you can maybe outslug Oklahoma State when it comes down to it. But again, if the Cowgirls get a get an early lead, 
it, it might be over quickly. Yeah, I mean, we know what we're going to get with Oklahoma State. Carrie Eberly will probably start. They've got good options. Kelly Maxwell behind her. Allison Febri has been a good power option. Haley Busby has been strong for the Cowgirls this year. So it oh, is interesting. I didn't even think about that. Febri against her old team. Oh, that's true. Hidden storyline. Wow. Also, Jordan Doggett, who doesn't play a ton for Oklahoma State, but right. she's facing her old team. So, cool. I know. Uh, too bad we're shut in the in the booth. I could just yell. Why? Hey, everybody. We're all here. <laughs> why? Let's talk it out. Let's, let's all gather let's figure out in why. the parking lot and find out why Allison <laughs> Fever left Georgia. Yeah, we can do that. As we've teased, I kind of know, but I can't say it. Well, yeah, here. There but we go. It'd be fun to hear from her. It would. Yes. <laughs> uh, what a day session. It's going to be Tom. Before, I mean, we're going to pick it later, but yeah. of the two, which do you think seems more ripe for an upset. I would say Oklahoma State just I think Georgia is a little bit better team top to bottom. Yeah. And I think Oklahoma State not quite at the level of, of OU. So I'll say Georgia has a better chance. It's going to be hard to pick either one of them, though. <sighs> well, Early lean on that. So. Yeah, good call. As Lexi Kilfoyle walks by. Hello, Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I yes. enjoy being in the lobby because we can't go to practice and no. we can't be in the D-bat Indoor hitting facility no, this we year. We remain bubble adjacent. Yes, yeah, so we're, you know, sitting adjacent in the lobby, letting people walk by and mm-hmm. saying hello to them. And if they want to come over and say something into the mic, they know they can. At least I hope they do. That's the, yeah, that's the day <laughs> session, Tom, and it should be some good softball. But, man, I'm not going to lie, it kind of pales in comparison to what we've got in the night session. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, when you look at it, I totally understand why ESPN chose the night session for the prime time. You have... Kind of the the David Goliath matchups on on the day side, night side. It is primetime blue bloods. Let's get the national champions all together. Yes, and play some games. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that as we get ready to steal second because Tom, we've got the sign mm-hmm. and we can run together here we're in the there. lobby if we yes. want to. Absolutely, look forward to it. <laughs> it is time to steal second here on the Out of the Box podcast. When we get back, the night session, the night show, if you will, we will talk about that here on the Out of the Box podcast. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Out of the Box Podcast. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury here in the lobby of the Renaissance Waterford, which I had been incorrectly calling the Waterford Renaissance for about a week. Eh. It is the Renaissance Waterford. Uh-huh. But the most important part is it, it's an OKC. Right. And ergo, so are we. Right. Yes, we, we we made the trip. We uh, It was not a short drive, but the drive was made. We drove through uh, Carrie Underwood's hometown. Shakota. Which, which very was very exciting for you. Yes, I'm a big Carrie Underwood fan. Yes. That's my celebrity crush. Well, there you go. If she ever, you know, gets away from that hockey guy, yeah. I'll take her to dinner. Give her a call. We'll yeah, see what you know, I'll shoot her DM. Maybe she's a listener of the Out of the Box podcast. <laughs> if, if Carrie Underwood is an Out of the Boxer, I can guarantee you she's getting a koozie. <laughs> Lock it up. Lock it in, yes. <laughs> the night session is the key and the main topic here in the Stealing Second segment of the show. 
and it starts with Alabama, Arizona. And we've kind of prefaced this from the Alabama point of view. We can talk about it from the Arizona point of view, Tom, because with the way that Mike Candrea has run the team here in the postseason, I have no idea who's going to start. I think it might be Hannah Bowen. I think it could be Alyssa Denham, but I, I don't know. And that makes it an intriguing matchup on Thursday at 6 o'clock Central. It certainly does. I mean, it's their, they are a team, as we talked about from the beginning of the season, most people thought they were a national championship contender. Uh, kind of fell off that during the year, but they've come back on strong. So, But, yeah, you're right. that they, they have done it in multiple different ways, and that they have not been riding one person. Um, that, so that does make it where you have to prepare for multiple people in the circle. You have to prepare for multiple batters as well. Yes, they're led. They have Olympians on the team. They, they are led by some all-time greats. Um, but how are they going to be able to put together the same type of um, – cast of characters that Alabama does in their offense. <laughs> Manager Carson Owens walking yes. by. Is this, is this, are you coming on the show? <laughs> no, nah, oh, he's too nervous. That's okay. The entire team, I guess, was too sure. nervous. They just walked by too, uh-huh. but whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, this is an offense. I talked about it earlier. Charlize Palacios leading the team with a 550 average and 13 RBIs in the NCAA tournament, which is ridiculous. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Janelle Mionia, leadoff hitter, hitting 421 in the tournament. Molly Pola, 467 in the tournament. Jesse Harper, 389 in the tournament. So they've gotten production up and down the lineup. I will say, you know, that's against SEC teams, but SEC teams that I don't think have the caliber pitching of Alabama and Ole Miss and Arkansas. And I know. You know, people are going to say, well, Gray, I mean, Mary Half was co-pitcher of the year with Montana Fouts, but Half, she didn't look right in game one against Arizona, and the Wildcats took advantage just hitting her all over the yard, over the fence. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Arkansas as a whole, but especially with with Half, uh, just not ready to to be at the level that they were uh, seated at. Um, And I think they were rightfully seated. I thought they were, you know, but – uh, there's something about never been having never been there before. You kind of have to go through it once before you're really ready. And unfortunately, the it kind of got it got Arkansas there. Arizona took advantage of that, but at the same time, I think Arizona is doing has done a great job of peaking at the right time. Uh, that they, they are, you know, that's you you don't you can't lose a World Series in February when they went on the road to to to, to Florida. And I think even though they struggled at times during that trip, I think it really prepared them for what they're going to go through here this week better than say UCLA who never took any trips like that. Yeah. That they ran through a PAC 12, but you know, that one of the reasons why the PAC 12 was kind of quote unquote disrespect is because they didn't play enough non-conference type foes. Arizona did that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if that makes a difference here uh, on Tuesday, on Thursday. I, I just think it's going to be such a good game. I mean, I keep thinking about how it could go in my head and, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Alabama is the better team, mm-hmm. but I think Arizona, you could argue if Alabama's not the highest team in the country, Arizona is yeah. just with the way they have won in this NCAA tournament. And I think that makes them very dangerous. And of course there is, you know, the, the Mike Andrea effect. I mean, this, you know, he's been at Arizona a very long time Yes, uh, and he has kind of there's this aura around the program right now that they want to win for coach. Alyssa Palomino Cardoza tweeted the other day, a picture from the Fayetteville super regional with a caption as part of that. I think it was a hashtag for coach. So Arizona, you know, is kind of using a little bit of extra motivation as well. So I think it really is going to be a fascinating game. And you look at it too, if you remember too, uh, when Arizona made the world series in 2019, (laughs) 
that was the first time they had been to the World Series since 2010. Uh, so as historically great as the program had been and how, how much they were kind of a, a mainstay in OKC, they hadn't been there in, yeah. for so long. And so I think they're kind of getting that, that groove and mojo of this is where we're supposed to be every year. Um, so that coming in, they may, where they may have been pressing a little bit in 2019, probably won't be the case this year. I think they'll probably feel more comfortable. So that is the first game of the night session. The second game, Tom, is UCLA and Florida State. And as we record, there has not been an official statement, but stuff is in the water. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just say it right now. The rumor is that uh, Megan Framo is not here, not in OKC, uh, unavailable, right-hand injury. And I think that that changes things immensely for UCLA. You know, in the Los Angeles Super Regional, the reason they are here is because in game two, Megan Faramo came in and shut down Virginia Tech. I mean, it was right. probably the best performance of her life. Because UCLA's offense never came out and handled Rochard. It was just, you know, they were able to get just enough, and then Framo shut down the Virginia Tech offense. But it was it was just weird to watch game one and see Rachel Garcia just get, I mean, she was not good. She was Kind of lit up. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. By an offense, again, this wasn't a bad offense, but it wasn't like a, a great offense that Virginia Tech had. So I was surprised uh, to see that. Um, so I think you could definitely make the argument. Again, you talked about how hot Arizona and Alabama is coming into this tournament. Florida State also, I think, is right on right on that uh, stretch. So you could def- you can make the argument on this side of the bracket, the team that has not played the best coming in is probably UCLA. Oh. That's weird. Crazy. That doesn't sound right, right. Tom. It, it doesn't sound right at all. And now if they've lost the one pitcher that was really pitching well. And again, I don't expect coming here and Rachel Garcia not to be good. Rachel <laughs> Garcia is going to be fine. But if she's the only one uh, that UCLA has, it, it kind of it, it does bring them down a little bit. Yeah. Now, again, I will say our belief right now as we record is that UCLA will make an official announcement probably within the hour. Right. Um, certainly in the next so, hour and a half. So. I, I think probably by the time you're listening to this, the announcement has been made. Yes. Uh, we'll see how long it takes me to edit. But right. <laughs> at the same time, this is a game changer. And I think that puts more of the onus, not just on Garcia, but also on the UCLA offense. Yeah, because right. a big reason why they have not looked great in this tournament is because the offense has struggled situationally. I remember I was texting Jen Schroeder during the Los Angeles regional and they were hitting barely above 200 with runners on and runners in scoring position in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, if they want to make life easier on Rachel Garcia, they need to score more runs because as good as Garcia is, we have seen in the women's college world series, sometimes teams touch her up a bit. And in those games, UCLA hasn't always backed her up. And I'm thinking of in particular 2018 when I say that. She can only do so much, you know. So you're going to have to get over. And again, this is a, a great UCLA team that has has the players to certainly do that. Um, so we'll we'll see. But um, as far as who is really hitting their stride at the right time, I would not put UCLA in that discussion right now, which is again crazy. You would put Florida State. I put Florida State going to Baton Rouge to win a super regional. Uh, not easy, regardless of how LSU was playing at the time doing that and just totally shutting down that LSU offense for two games. Um, Florida State, they I've heard many people make this comparison. They have they're playing like they did in twenty eighteen when it's they the, the same run when they I won mean, the national championship. It, they beat LSU then, you know, they had to use some heroics and I still contend, you know, I don't shoot the messenger, George fans, and I've been hard on you. I think that 
LSU-Florida State game two surpassed Oklahoma-Georgia as game of the year. I, I was riveted from start to finish. Oh, yeah. so that was intense. Considering what was at stake, I thought it was incredible to watch. But this is a Florida State team getting some of the best they've ever gotten from Catherine Sandercock, or ERA barely over one. Kalen Arnold and Danielle Watson pitched well in the, uh, in the Baton Rouge Super Regional. And that offense, again, they're not going to blow you away, but they find a way. And yeah. Elizabeth Mason got a clutch hit. Sydney Sherrill finds a way to get a clutch hit every now and then. You can't forget about postseason Anna, Anna Shellnut. So, sure. again, this is a Florida State team that I think is ready to make a run. I it, I feel weird, and I kind of think it the, the chances would be better if they weren't opening with UCLA. Yeah. But at the same time, they opened with UCLA in 2018. Sure. So, <laughs> we'll it's, see. Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah, and, and remember, they lost the first game in 2018, and – Fought out of the loser's bracket and ended up winning the World Series. That's something you don't see happen very often. If you were to reseed this tournament, entering in with these eight teams, I think four out of the top five, maybe it's probably two through five, are on this side of the bracket. Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma's number one. And then, you know, and I don't, I don't know based on how we're playing right now if UCLA is not four or five. That being said, would I be shocked if UCLA beat? beat Florida State and set up a, a matchup with the winner of Alabama-Arizona. Um, because I think talent-wise, they're number two. They're number two easily. Here. They're easily number two. It's just whether or not they're playing well enough at this time and how much a frame of injury will really impact, impact them. Yeah, not just on the field, but mentally. I mean... We don't know how the injury happened either. Right, we have no idea. Uh, so, you know, how is is somebody feeling guilty? Is someone, you know, is, is there just an issue with how it happened? You don't. We don't know. Uh, so how much does that affect the rest of the team, both mentally and addition to, you know, you don't have one of your best pitchers? Would you be more surprised if Arizona won or Florida State won? I feel like at this point I would say Arizona. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, I would not I would not be surprised if Florida State won this game. I wouldn't either. Which, In fact, I'm kind of legitimately thinking about it. Wow. Yeah. Which I wouldn't have said 24 hours ago when we were just in the car driving here. Sure. And now we have become knowledgeable about the entire landscape of UCLA softball right now. And I like I I know that this sounds like I'm discounting Rachel Garcia, which I'd never want to do. <laughs> no, right. She is one of the best in the world. Sure. But the, like this is a legitimate game changer, mm-hmm. and it would take something special to bounce back from that. It really would, because not only is it well, because people will say well. Well, just have Rachel Garcia pitch. Well, but that's not how it's worked all year long. Right. Kelly I has been, you know, doing double team of, you know, pulling one, putting the other one in. It's rare to see them have one of them just go a complete, you know, full complete game. It does. It obviously has happened, but it's not been their overall mo. Uh, so it just it changes the way that she's having to uh, manage the game and and has setting everything up. She's going to have to be more reliant on people, you know, getting themselves out of jams, which she doesn't seem to want to do, even with it being somebody the caliber of Rachel Garcia or or Megan Framo. So um, that it's it's, it's going to change so much for UCLA. But that being said, I would I literally would not be surprised in any possible result of any, either of these two games. For sure. Yeah, I'm. again, I said I want to do it. I'm not right. saying I want to pick. Exactly. Or I'm going to pick. We're Florida going State. to pick, though. We are. We are. Yes. Oh, is that a tease, Tom? Mm. Yeah, I guess we should round Professional, third. yes. It's nicely done. <laughs> yes, see, that's why we were able to come to OKC. Right, exactly. Because we do stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, it's time to round third here on the Out of the Box Podcast. So when we get back, picks for the Women's College World Series. That's coming up. 
on the show, Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury here at the Women's College World Series. And uh, Tom, normally at about this time, in a regular year, we would be with the team. At, mm-hmm. headed, you know, they just left. I just saw the bus pull away. They're going to practice. Okay. Uh, we cannot go to practice uh, due to the NCAA's mm. rules. Yes. Um, and we can't go to the press conferences. And instead of watching the press conference, we're recording the show now so I can edit. And then we can go to Cattleman's later with yeah. our dear friend, Terry Henry. <laughs> what's, um, what's more important, Gray, at this point? Cattleman's. Got to priorities. Yeah. But so, you know, the press conference going on right now, our fearless leader, Patrick Murphy, who just walked through the lobby during the first segment of the show, mm-hmm. um, is talking and he revealed some news that our good friends at in the circle tweeted out. And, uh, I think it's worth discussing. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, now not official announcement, but Patrick Murphy talked about at the past press conference that the sec is going to use instant replay in the conference games next year. Can I stand up and applaud? Yes. For, like, yes. Very excited. Good. Like that's needed. Necessary. Yeah, very much. So we have the technology. Let's put it to use. Um, because it it became it's becoming very frustrating. It's it's a similar situation again. I always think back to how the men's and women's basketball bubbles were treated. Uh, it's the same situation because I was at um, Baumhauer's on sa- Sunday and I was watching softball on one TV and college baseball on the other TV. And every time college baseball would go to an instant replay, it would just make me mad. Because there's no reason why college softball doesn't have instant replay. We have the exact same technology um, and the exact same coverage and production that that baseball has. It's just there's no reason why softball doesn't have it uh, nationally. Uh, But I'm glad the SEC is at least taking that step. We saw how important instant replay was during the SEC tournament. Alabama won the SEC uh, tournament title, and they had a huge play that was – overturned due to instant replay in the first inning against Kentucky in the quarterfinals. Uh, Kentucky's on you know, a strike him out, throw him out, double play originally was called safe, uh, was then overturned to an out. If that, if instant replay is not available and that doesn't happen, who knows how that game goes. Right. And Alabama may not even be in the SEC, you know, SEC championship game. Um, so it's obviously uh, it's needed. Having four umpires is not a, a suitable replacement for instant replay. And I'm not saying you have to take the human element out of the game, but when you have the capability of getting the plays correct, making the calls correct, I think that's what everybody wants. I would think even the umpire should want that because nothing makes an umpire look worse than because everyone, you know, everyone makes mistakes there. You know, if, if you're a human, you're, you're going to get a call wrong every once in a while, but nothing makes an umpire worse than sticking with an obviously wrong call mm-hmm. when there's a poss- when there's the capability of making it right. I would think an umpire would want the correct call to be made, even if my original call was wrong. You know, say all right, missed that one, turn around and and we go on. Uh, but I'm I'm really glad to see the SEC is taking that step. Hopefully, the rest of that NCAA softball will will make that change as well. It's a rule change year, so hopefully next year. When we're back here in Oklahoma City, we're talking about instant replay in the in the World Series. Yes, and my one request is that when this is done, it is done like the SEC tournament that is centralized, that you can go back to the SEC headquarters and get the ruling from there and it's radio back. And yes, that will take a little bit more time, but also the effectiveness of these reviews have been increased exponentially by the centralization of replay because in the 2019 SEC tournament, they just, it still wasn't working. It still wasn't correct. Because people who were originally involved in making the call were the ones 
saying for some reason, like I said, I think if I was an umpire, I would want the correct call. I wouldn't want to stick with a call that I know I got wrong. But it seemed as though the umpires wanted to stick with their calls, regardless of what the what the uh, what the video showed them. So yeah, take it out of the the crew's hands, get, put it two people in a centralized location, and they make the call and they tell. And once that gets streamlined, and we saw it get even better as the SEC tournament went along, as far as how long replay reviews took. So I would think after after it's done a few times, it'll get streamlined really well, and and we'll and we'll keep because again, the the thing that makes softball such a great product to watch on TV is that it is a fast game, and you don't want to bring it to a screeching halt like we see what happens in the last two or three minutes of a basketball game or in football sometimes. And I think it can be done where it's streamlined much better. So that's all good. I'm intrigued to see how it plays out from a TV point of view. Um, yeah. You know, those games Sid and I are going to do next year, we're going to do some conference games. It'll be <laughs> right. kind of fun to see how that goes down. Yeah. And we can finally bring the predictiveness to review to television and radio, yeah, which, uh, you know, because our picks are always right. 100%. Yes. And now we can test our luck here today yeah. with the Women's College World Series. Tommy, you ready just, to make some picks? Just don't look at our D1 softball uh, picks. I'm winning. In the bracket challenge. Yes, versus you, are. you, I am well, losing to Nathan Sheehan. Well, sure. Of course. Because SID extraordinary Nathan Sheehan. You know, well, he's, he, he's doing he, well. He picked more with his head when I picked with my heart. Yeah. So, yeah. Some people on Twitter didn't like that you picked Oklahoma to lose that series. Really? Somebody commented and was like, I can't believe you said we would lose. My first thought was like, if you listen to the podcast, Tom very clearly just picked against Oklahoma, not for Washington. <laughs> right. Yeah, and- 100%. I, I am, that's, ultimately, I wasn't that upset about it because at least Washington lost. So that's a positive. Yeah, it's all it's all a winning scenario <laughs> right. for one Tom Canterbury. Right. Let's make some picks for the Women's College World Series. We will pick the Thursday games, the Friday, and then the first Saturday game, as we did in 2019. And then from beyond there, because then it gets, it gets you crazy. Know, I, I'd have to print stuff, and we'd have to do the flipping, and yeah, it's the just too much. Flip, right. So we'll pick through the elimination game Saturday, and then, you know, hopefully we're still here, and right. we'll do a uh, pod before the Champ Series. And that's pick the plan, back. absolutely. Yes. So let's start with Oklahoma James Madison. Are you going to do it? Uh, I can't. I want to, but I, I just I can't see it happening. I'm, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I hope James, like I said, if James Madison keeps this a game going into the third, fourth inning, uh, the Dukes have an opportunity to win the game. But I just, with it being a, a basically a one-pitcher deal for, for the Dukes, uh, I think Oklahoma's going to have too much for him. If James Madison finds a way to win this game, just this game, Odyssey Alexander goes from the story of the postseason to one of the sports stories of the year. Yeah. I mean, we are talking, you know, this is Jamie's first Women's College World Series. Oklahoma, like, it was a foregone conclusion that they would be here at the beginning of the year. They didn't even have to play a game. Mm -mm. We assumed Oklahoma would be here. Right. So this is a chance for James Madison to do something truly historic, something we, we don't see often in this sport. As much parody as it is, we don't see upsets like this very often. Very rarely. Right. And I don't think we see it, but <laughs> it'd be really fun if we did. I'm, I'm taking Oklahoma. It. I'm here for it if it wants to happen. <laughs> I, I have no problem with it, but I just can't see it. So we both take the risk of moving Oklahoma yeah. to the winner's bracket. <laughs> JMU right. down to the loser's bracket again. That game, 11 o'clock on Thursday. That's 11 a.m. Central Time, mm-hmm. Thursday. The game after, Georgia and Oklahoma State. I guess I'll go first, unless you want to go first. I'm ca- No, I'm not torn. I'm going to go Oklahoma State. I think we're going to – set up an Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam winner's bracket game. I think it's going to set up for a blockbuster Friday night, and and you'll hear more about that when I pick those games later on. Mm -hmm. But, man, 
Oklahoma State, I think, is just is just humming offensively. They're they're clicking on all cylinders, and I don't know if the truth can keep it up. I want her to. I really do. But right. we have seen in the past, good truth is quickly followed by bad truth, and we saw doubly good truth last week. Right. I'm concerned what that means for this week. I am too. Uh, the only thing that I would say is that hopefully Georgia is coming in with that very loose, calm, but focused at at attitude that they seem to have in, in Gainesville. It, it did not seem to me as though Georgia was surprised at all that they went into Florida and won those games. It's like they totally. were they were totally 100% ready. Uh, so I could see them coming in here and doing that. I I But I can't pick it either. I'm with you. I'm going to say Oklahoma State to set up that Oklahoma-Oklahoma State winner's bracket matchup on Friday. Uh, but I would be much less surprised if Georgia is able to pull this upset than it would be if James Madison pulls their upset over Oklahoma. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to pick the, the Cowgirls. I feel bad. It makes me almost think Georgia's going to win, but I'm going to stick with Oklahoma sure. State. I hope I'm wrong on both those picks. Yeah, I'm cool with it. You know, who <laughs> who doesn't want a winner's bracket game between Georgia and James Madison? Of course. Of course. If we can knock out one of the Oklahoma schools in the first 48 hours, it'd yeah. be nice. All for it. Down of a night session, Alabama the three seed, Arizona the 11 seed. Tom, you're first. I'm going gonna... I'm gonna to go ahead and pick Alabama. Okay. Yeah, I am. Um, again, Montana Fouts has just been so lights out on another level. She's going to have to do that again against Arizona. Uh, but I, I think she's able to keep the, the Wildcats down, and Alabama's going to get enough offense to make it happen. The best thing Arizona has going for them, I think, strategically, is the element of surprise with pitching. Because as we talked about earlier, I can't, I can't right now feel confident in a prediction about who's pitching for Arizona. And so I think if the Wildcats want to win, they've got to take advantage of that and try and put up as many runs as possible, one, two, three, as many as they can muster Early. in the first two innings yeah. against Montana Fouts. If they, if it's a zero-zero game going to the third, I have a thousand percent confidence Alabama will win that game. The only way Arizona can, in my opinion, have a chance is if. They roll into the third inning leading 2 nothing or 3-1 or something like that. Right. But we've seen Alabama during this streak. They, that doesn't happen. Right. So, <laughs> so yes, statistically, the numbers do say Alabama right. strikes early and strikes often in the NCAA tournament and in this win streak. So because of that, I will take Alabama. I think it'll be close. Yeah. I expect to see a very similar game to the 2019 contest at Alabama 1 2 nothing. Probably a few more hits on both sides, but a score that is similar. But I do think Alabama wins. Yeah. Most important thing defensively for Alabama, you know, just continue do what, doing what they're doing and put the ball in play. You know, make, make Arizona make the plays defensively. Florida State, UCLA, 10 versus 2. Mm. I'm going to make you go first this time. Gray, I really, really. I do, too. Really, really want to. I, I really do, too. But at the risk of going chalk on all four games, I am going to pick UCLA to win um, because I just think they're more talented. And even, you know, I think in a – I think a Faramo injury, if, it, if she is out for the entire tournament, I think that affects them more moving forward than it does in game one. That was my reasoning. I think it would hurt them more the next night against yeah. Alabama or Arizona, but we both say Alabama, than it would against Florida State. Because you could argue that was the plan all along to throw Reggie Garcia sure. in game one. Absolutely. If I were UCLA, I would have gone for Amo Garcia. But either way, you know, it's Rachel Garcia. Way, it's Rachel freaking Garcia. Yeah, I mean, right. it'll, she'll be okay. <laughs> right. It'll yes. be fine. Yes, I've got UCLA winning as well. But honestly, this is the one of the four games that I would feel least surprised about to see an upset. Really? Yeah. Okay. Even Arizona overall, like I, I really do think, 
I really think this could happen. And I think that makes it a very fun primetime game at 8.30 Central Time Thursday or 30 minutes after Alabama-Arizona because right. Lord knows that game is going to go on for three right. hours. That is not going to be uh, – I don't think it's going to be a past midnight situation for uh, the Bruins and the Seminoles, but – uh, it's not going to be. I don't think their. I don't think their first pitch is going to be at eight thirty. I'm going to say that much. <laughs> okay, let's go to Friday. Our winners bracket games. We both have Alabama uh, and UCLA. We both have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So we'll start with Bedlam. This will be the second straight Women's College World Series that we have had Bedlam in the winners bracket game in 2019. Oklahoma pretty easily handled Oklahoma State. They've won three out of four this year. I'll go first. Let's say Oklahoma, but I I think this is a close one actually. I think Oklahoma State hangs around, and you know Oklahoma probably wins five four four three yeah. something like that. I can't give you a reason like a concrete reason why. Stop it! Are you doing it? I'm going to pick the Cowgirls. Oh my god! To to knock Oklahoma in the losers bracket here in this situation. That guy that tweeted you is going to tweet he's gonna, you he's again. Be very upset. They are lone so- sooner out of the boxer, uh, <laughs> but um, I just again it, it's the so the familiarity. Uh, I think it's going to be again when, when when you're talking about matchups like this, the more times somebody sees somebody, I, I think it kind of kind of leads to where you can have more upsets. So I, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State to win this one. Uh, if nothing else, surely they've got to be sick and tired of running up against Oklahoma in all these situations and coming up short. There's got to be a time where they get over the hump, and if not now, when? So let's let's do it. Okay. So. I dig it. All right. Go go Cowgirls. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So you've got Oklahoma State moving on to Sunday. I've got Oklahoma. Yeah. I like your situation much better. But yeah, we'll, sure. Right. We'll cover that later. Mm-hmm. The other Friday game will be Alabama-UCLA. And I do think that this is where the absence of Frama would hurt the Bruins. I think this is a, an epic game. You know, it's listed for 8.30 p.m. Central Time on Friday. I think you'd be looking at a classic that Alabama would find a way to win. Again, we're seeing Alabama go on the 2020 revenge tour. As we saw, you know, Alabama lost to Arizona in 2020 in the uh, COVID-shortened year. Um, in devastating fashion, just, twice, by right, the way. Right. And then uh, the unfortunate ma- matchup with UCLA in Clearwater. Where they kicked uh, the crap out of it. I mean, it, it, like, was, it was not good. It was, it was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Right. It was not good. Um, and I think, you know, that was Montana Fout starting, and she did not have a good start. Uh, it was Megan Framo starting for UCLA, who had a tremendous shot. That was one of the things that one of the only positives of our setup in Clearwater, it was we were so close to the action. And we could, I mean, you could see the ball movement that, that Framo had, and it was like I, I could understand why no one could hit her. Um, but she's not available this year, if, if what we hear is correct. Um, Rachel Garcia, obviously, really, really good, uh, but she doesn't pitch back-to-back like Montana Fouts pitches back-to-back on a regular basis. Uh, we saw what Montana did in the SEC tournament, was stronger on day two than she was on day one, and then was stronger even on day three than she was on day two. I could see her be going on that same type of run. And if UCLA can't score, ultimately Alabama's going to be able to get to the Bruins at some point. So I agree with you. I think Alabama wins, but it's going to be a real classic down-the-wire type matchup. Mm. The GoPro is going to get a workout. I got to charge it. Taking all the blood pressure medicine before those two games. Give me all the pills you have. (laughs) Let's get ready for Friday. Saturday, we will pick the elimination games. Tom, top half, 11 a.m. 
mm-hmm. Central Time, yes. Saturday. Yes. Georgia James Madison. Now the other elimination game is Arizona Florida State. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. JMU Georgia. Uh, what do you think? I think Georgia's the better team, but I think I might pick James Madison to win that game. Actually. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of along with you, but I'm I'm going to pick Georgia to win it. I am okay. going because I think it may be a situation where. If the truth isn't real good to start off against Oklahoma State, they may pull her early, and so you might have a fresher truth against Odyssey, who I think will go the entire game almost regardless against Oklahoma. So I, I will go with a fresher truth to knock James Madison out. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'll go Georgia. I'm, I mean, Odyssey's last stand versus you can't handle the truth. I mean, <laughs> oh, yes. it, it, just the headlines write themselves. Sure. But I think I trust the supporting cast around – Mary Wilson Avant more than I trust the supporting cast around Odyssey Alexander. Yeah. So at the same time, it feels wrong to say JMU is going to roll into their first women's cultural series and go. zero and two, I think I've got That's Georgia it. moving on. All right. So we both have James Madison going out. What about the other elimination game? This almost, I, this almost makes me sad. Whew. Like we have to say goodbye to one of these teams, Arizona, Florida state. I think I'm going to take Arizona to win, which goes against the vibe I'm getting from Florida State coming into this tournament. Right. But I also, if some of the, again, rumors are true, it would be pretty disappointing for Arizona to go 0-2, especially this year. Yeah. So I'm not sure which storyline I want to buy more into. I just think at the end of the day, Arizona's offense is better, and at some point you have to find a way to get the timely hits. And between the two, I know Florida State has been clutching this postseason, but I would trust Arizona to get that timely hit more. So I, I would have the Wildcats moving on out of that loser's bracket game. I think I'm going to ride the vibe of, of the Seminoles, though. Okay. I, I think I am going to say Florida State eliminates Arizona. Um, again, I, I, just, I, I think the problem for Arizona is that they're going to run into two pitchers that are just at, uh, that are just at an absolute peak right now with Fouts and, and Centercock. So I'm going to go Florida State in another classic matchup. I, I I can see every game on this half of the bracket being like a, you know, 3-2, 4-3, type game that comes down to the wire. I, I don't foresee there being any run rules or, or easy matchups in anywhere coming along here. And I, I think it's another one that Florida State wins. So this Get time. your sword. It's going to be a battle. It will. Pick your weapon, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's us rounding third. That's where we'll stop on picks. We'll pick it up before the champ series. But just, pick. but just to to say it then, because that's when the brackets would flip. Right. We we would both have Georgia going against UCLA. UCLA, and then uh, I have Florida State, and you have Arizona going against Oklahoma. Or Oklahoma or State Oklahoma for State. me. See, wow. that's why it's confusing, and why it we stop doing it the does picks. Become, yeah, you're right. Yes. All right. Right now, though, champ series. What's your vibe? I, I'm going to stick with what I picked in the D1 softball uh, fantasy league, even though part of this was based on the fact that I didn't have Oklahoma in this field. But <laughs> I'm going to stick with the uh, with the Oklahoma State-Alabama championship series. I'm going to stick with Alabama-Oklahoma. I have found numerous 2012-2021 parallels that we will get to yeah. in the pregame show before tomorrow's game, which we will give you the links for later, as we always do. Sure. And I think that the parallels continue with Alabama playing Oklahoma in the champ series. Sounds good. Is rain in the forecast? That's the question. I think a bit on Monday. That's like 30%. <laughs> but if we right. want to, you know, 
Get out and dance in it. Let's That's make right. It I'm here. I didn't. I brought one rain jacket, but no umbrellas. I'm ready to dance. The I got sun- four pairs of shoes. The sombrero is here. The sombrero is here. Do you know how much pressure I felt? Oh, we were oh. entrusted with the sombrero. I mean, I that thing is falling apart. Yes. Emily has been very blunt about that. And yes, I, I was worried it would disintegrate in my hands, <laughs> but it's upstairs in the room. Mm-hmm. Emily, if you're listening, you'll get it very soon. Everything's fine. And yeah, and you know, I guess we'll take it home for her when we leave from OKC. But you know, that's part of the job. Yeah, we're cool with that. And absolutely. Speaking of going home, Tom, are you ready to head home here Let's on the Unbox Podcast? Absolutely, I'm ready. I'm running as though I'm trying to catch Kaylee Tao on a three RBI triple by KB sides. <laughs> anyway, when we get back, we will head home. We're going to talk some Tom's hungry. We'll talk about dinner tonight, and we'll uh, get you ready for all things Alabama here at the Women's College World Series. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Out of the Box Podcast. It's time to head home. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury, here at our lovely hotel, the Renaissance Waterford, where we are podcasting in the lobby. And, uh, you know, we saw the team go by, but they left like 30 minutes ago. And I'm sure people checking in the hotel are very confused about what's right. happening <laughs> what is right going now. On? Right. Um, Tom, hello. Hello. We've, uh, we've yes. got a lot to talk about here on the Heading Home. Not a ton, but we've got some restaurant stuff to discuss. And I totally forgot to tease off the wall. Do you oh have anything off the wall to do here in the uh, Heading Home portion of the show? We can start with that or we can open up with Tom's Hungry. We're doing this outline list, so we've right. got free reign. This is crazy. We're going, we're free we're, freewheeling it. We are rogue in OKC. <laughs> you go to the Women's College World Series, all bets are off. Right, yes, especially when you're bubble adjacent. Yes. Uh, like we are. Off the wall. Uh, the only main, the main off the wall thing is that I continue to go back to any time there is any type of adversity. It is amazing to see people just jumping off the ship as Alabama again on an 18 game win streak and uh, oh my gosh might not score in an inning. Alabama was finally trailing at the end of an inning for the first time in this entire win streak in game number two against Kentucky and and here came the trolls. And it's just very frustrating that that Alabama has to deal with that. And again, I know every fan base has to deal with it in some form or fashion. But it was it was interesting when I I looked and saw like the UCLA social media posts during when they were getting beat down, shellacked, shellacked, if if you would, yes, correct, by Virginia Tech, and it was ninety nine percent positive. Even at that point, you know the comeback starts now, and you know we're, we're everything's fine. We're, we're kind of, and that doesn't seem to be the, the way that it, that the reaction is for this group of, of social media people that we discuss on off the wall for Alabama. And uh, I, I just again ask for there to be you know positive support as, as we move forward because there's going to be some adversity here in, in OKC. I don't I don't expect Alabama to sail through and win you know and just. Dominate every game that they play. I'm thinking Alabama can, and and I hope they will win every game that they play. But it's not going to be an, an easy one any any game, especially on this side of the bracket. So just let's let's try to stay and remain positive and look at everything with a rational uh, eye, which I know is is not an easy thing to do. To your point, there was a comment during Game One of the Kentucky series. This is a uh, quote: "Bama is going to lose this one." Can't get a hit, and Kentucky is doing everything right. Now, if you want to add the second part, uh, that is that is true. It was Alabama true at the time, had, that, at that point in had, the game. Yes. yes, that's correct. Yes. What I don't understand is the need for that first sentence. Bama is going to lose this one. 
Right. I'm sorry. Do you have a copy of Gray's Almanac? How do you know? <laughs> are you are you Raven? Are you that so Raven? Were you did you were you in line at Krispy Kreme and all of a sudden you got a little vision <laughs> and you, you saw that Alabama was going to lose to Kentucky? Right. Why you got to say it like that? Right. You don't know. Again, just I, it's yeah. a seven inning game. Why are we making bold declarations in the third and fourth? Yeah, just the 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 want and desire to pr- proclaim, you know. Death and loss as you know early as early as possible in the game. It's as though there are fans, and this is part of the off the wall that, that we talk about, that want to be right more than they want Alabama to win. And I just don't understand that type of fandom at all. Um, and those are the type of comments that sometimes get deleted as the game goes along. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's why we are here to keep those receipts. I can't. There's going to be stuff this week, Tom. It's going to be. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. God, Arizona's going to, you know, it's going to be 0-0 in the fifth. And it's going to be like, oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. As if Arizona's not a really good team themselves. Again, everyone's good. Let's give everybody credit. Yeah. And it's there's ridiculous. also someone else uh, who is, is on a campaign to proclaim that Alabama has no heart. And that then they they seem to want to put that out there every time. And you can make arguments stat wise on different things, but I think one thing that is dang sure about this team is that they are full of heart. Mm-hmm. I think that has been obviously shown uh, throughout this team. I, I don't. I really don't think there's another team in America that would have been able to deal with this team has dealt with all year long. You know, I know everyone's had to deal with the the protocols and the COVID situations, uh, but. That, in addition to the injuries that have happened to this team, the next man up mentality they've had, one thing is for sure, they have heart. And, and I don't think there's any other team in America that could have dealt with everything that Alabama's dealt with and be where they are right now. It's mm. a good way to cap off off the wall. Mm. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, it'd be cool. I saw people like calling out, like saying weird things about KB sides, like going on long walks after taking pitches and I just, I don't know. It's just it, it, be it's, normal. Like, right. It's not hard to not understand. be yeah. weird and rude <laughs> and negative right. on social media. I don't mm. get it. No. You know what uh, was a really positive experience, Tom? It was like uh, two hours ago, mm. three hours ago, we went to a little place called Torchy's Tacos. Yes. And we had lunch. And that is our segue into the Tom's Hungry <laughs> portion of the show. I'm, Tom? I am very excited to see Torchy's branch out. We've had him in College Station. We've now had him in Fayetteville uh, and, and now in Oklahoma City. Torchy's was not here in 2019. So this this is a new development. And breaking news. Breaking news. Torchy's is in OKC. Uh, hopefully they will be coming to Tuscaloosa sometime soon. Uh just a, a great taco spot. You can uh, again. I'm not a big spicy food person, uh, but they have stuff that has a little bit of kick to it. it I know they have stuff that if you're a, if you are a spicy person, they have what you need. Um, but uh, they have enough that if you're not, uh, you can still go and, and get plenty dang full, which I did today. Yes, you did. <laughs> All right, so let's go over our taco orders. You had what? I had I had two tacos. I had the Republican. And I had, which is a jalapeno sausage with cheese and, and pico de gallo and stuff on it, which is really good. And then I also, for this is the first time I've had this, I had a breakfast taco. Oh, really? Yes. And I went with the Wrangler, uh, which Shoot. is. Shoot. I yeah. didn't know they were still doing those. I would have gotten one. Oh, it was really good. Yeah. Egg, cheese, um, some. Uh, shredded beef on there. It, it was really good. It wasn't quite up to doomsday, but it, it was it was a good breakfast taco. Okay, I got three tacos. I got the Texas Hottie the Taco of the Month mm-hmm. um, with some interesting signage, but just really some good ingredients in the tacos. It had a little bit of a kick to you. It did in many ways. Yes. yes. 
Uh, I also got the Trailer Park Taco, a, a classic. And then I got the Democrat Taco with the barbacoa and the cheese uh, I, that I pronounced incorrectly while we were in line <laughs> and the avocado. And right. I do I, – is, I think it's the only taco with barbacoa, and I'm like – I'm very into the barbacoa. It is okay. what I usually get at Chipotle. Um, and I had never had it before because hmm. I always, when we go to Torchies, I do try and vary it up uh, yeah. because we don't get to do it very often. It's true. And I want to do it for the science, Tom. Sure. On the other podcast. All of this is for science. It's true. Yes, 100%. That and then also, you know, of course, the hillbilly queso. Oh, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Got to get some of that. A total given. Right. Uh, so that's all we've done. <laughs> that is the only place we have we, been. <laughs> we, we hit a Brahms on the way in. Uh, yeah, in our in Alms Alms Arkansas, Alma, 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 Arkansas. Alma, Alma, Alma. Sounds like the name of a secretary on the West Wing, <laughs> right? I don't know, but yes, uh, so that's always great. Where where else did we eat on the way? Rice pies, rice pies, which is was, good, was quality. I don't but know I mean, if it'll make the ultimate list, but it, it no. you know, was a good start. Good start on the on the drive in. So um, yeah, but we're today it really gets kicked off when we go and uh, pay off our steak bet. That's right tonight, and about. Oh gosh, I gotta like go run or something. In about like <laughs> four hours, we're gonna go to Cattleman's, and we're gonna be eating dinner with uh, Ree Potkey from D1 Softball and our dear friend Tara Henry, former oh. guest of the not former guest of the show, yeah. common guest of the show, <laughs> who uh, we owe a steak, and we owe a steak to Jen Schroeder as well. But she is not coming in until tomorrow. She also doesn't eat steak. Yes, that's so, true. So I still haven't gotten an explanation as to why. Right, but I don't know why you'd do that yourself. Yeah, so. Either way, that is uh, that is the current situation. We'll be eating at Cattleman's tonight, and then when we do the series finale at the end of the season, which mm-hmm. hopefully we'll have a show in between that. But when we do that, we will do the podium, and uh, Cattleman's was very much a part of that podium conversation for both of us in 2019, and it's hard to imagine that'll be any different here this year in 2021. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we have some good candidates this year we ate really well in lexington we ate really well in fayetteville and of course here in okc so there's there, there's going to be quite a battle to see who gets on that top of that yeah podium. don't forget you know maybe the gold medalist in athens last All resort right, i mean of course that's oh my gosh it is you know i still think about that cheesecake sometimes i still hear the cheesecake calling to me <laughs> at night and I also had a really good steak at Last Resort before. It's true. Uh, before the, the underrated part of Last Resort, the rest of the food. Right. One hundred percent. So it's it's going to be a, a a quite a battle to see who gets the gold medal on our podium. Yes, but again, hopefully we are doing a show between that. Also, um, we are going to be doing the rest of our shows this year in studio in person together, which is yes. fun. We're very excited about that, and we're excited about the Women's College World Series. You know. Again, as we record, um, there are a lot of things in the water, and hopefully by the time you're listening, I haven't broken the news. That's not what I was trying to do today. Um, But, you know, like there are headlines that are impactful in this Women's College World Series, more so than I can ever remember before. And that makes this event even more fascinating. It's like if if what we hear is correct – and Framo is not going to be available for UCLA. It's it's eerily similar. I think if you were if you're a older school Alabama baseball fan and remember what happened to Roberto Vaz in the 1997 World Series for Alabama, stepped on a baseball during batting practice at in mm. Omaha, and uh, Alabama went from being the perennial favorite to a team that that fell just short because they lost their best player. Uh, for Amo, yeah, that type of loss would, could be that same thing for UCLA. We'll see what happens overall, but I can't remember a 
women's call women's college world series that has had that type of an impact on an injury you know that happened between super regionals and and the world Series. from maybe the best game of her life to the biggest yeah it's crazy uh so there's that and it does it in a way it kind of brings everybody back in but also it's still ucla they're still really good right and you <laughs> could also look at it as well gosh it sure makes oklahoma the runaway favorite but you know this is college softball Right. Weird things happen. The number one seed doesn't win at a very high clip. It's true. Usually so. it is the quote-unquote others right. that take it home. So we'll see what happens. I'm I'm very excited. I, I think it's going to be, uh, again, as, as poorly as some of the seeding was done by the committee, in spite of that, the World Series is always great. So, so I'm looking forward to being another just amazing event here this week in OKC. And if the people want to listen to us, Tom, there are lots of ways to do that. We will first, of course, tweet out those links from our Twitter accounts. And we'll tweet other stuff, too, from OKC. Sure. So, Tom, where can the people find you on the social media? You can find us uh, at, at T Canterbury RTR on Twitter. T-C-A-N-T-E-R-B-U-R-Y RTR on Twitter. And, yeah, we'll, we'll put out all those uh all those links and also any schedule changes, things like that. Which as, there will be. As they go along. Luckily, Alabama-Arizona is the first game of a session. So hopefully everything will be on time for Alabama and Arizona here game one. But after that, uh, all bets are pretty much off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Friday game, should Alabama win on Thursday, is scheduled for yeah. 8.30. Second of two games. Okay. So, right, yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. Let's see how bedlam, how quickly that wraps yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before that, you can follow me at Gray, G-A-Y underscore Robertson, or at OutOfTheBox underscore Pod on the Twitter. Sorry. And those links, Tom, you know, to tune in. Oh, to tune in. Arizona, yes, and whatnot. How, yes. how would people do that? How would people do that? Well, the best way you could go is if you go to RollTide.com, go to the schedule page, and there is a link to the live stats, live audio, and live video right there for every single game. As always, Alabama, we are on the air in Tuscaloosa, 93.3 FM, and uh, you can get that at Praise933.com as well, live streamed, the Praise app, and then uh, we're also on uh, TuneIn and uh, SiriusXM, so uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere. Wherever you want to listen, we're probably there. Yes. I can't get away. Cannot at all. We yes, yeah. People can try, but we're still here. And we're hanging out. Right. And also, uh, we we do get picked up by some affiliates throughout the the state of Alabama as well, especially when we get to this part of the season. So uh if you are in an area not in Tuscaloosa somewhere and you're looking for us on the radio, go to some of those stations that normally have, say, Alabama basketball or Alabama football on and uh, you might hear us. Yeah, and we're gonna be doing talk shows tomorrow, right? You're going yes. on a mobile, I'm going on in Huntsville tomorrow as I just I'm oh. looking at the phone right now. So well, there you are, congratulations. We're, we're gonna be everywhere. <laughs> we're all over the states. Literally from border to border. <laughs> Again, you can't get rid of us. <laughs> can't the out of the box boys are here. Yes. And we're gonna we're gonna stay a while, Tom. We both commented on each other's luggage as we began our journey. Yes. I packed for ten days. Absolutely. And I plan to stay here for ten days. I'm here for it. Yes. So if I'm flying home alone, it's because <laughs> I stayed here and right. Alabama is not still here. But it's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> what a show it's been. Uh, glad that you tuned in for this episode from OKC. Again, we started at the plate, talked to Alabama, and we broke down the bracket, and then we made picks, and now we're just ready for some softball. Just can't, cannot wait. This is You never have a bad day at the Women's College World Series, and uh, just there's going to be some – just amazing softball here this week. And just to punctuate it, I'm honored that we get to be back. And I can't believe that we are going to be able to see 100% capacity in this expanded stadium mm-hmm. after all the 
this sport has been through in the last year and a half, two years, and uh, that we're back here is incredible. Not just the sport, but you know this entire country has been yeah. through everything so much, and we are seeing different sporting events uh, now start to have have if not 100% very close to 100% capacity and uh, as we move through the summer and then hopefully everything is pretty much back to normal in the fall but uh, part of that return to normalcy is what's going to happen here this week and Mm. I'm very very excited for it. It's going to be fun you can watch it all on the ESPN family of networks you can listen to Alabama's games on all of the various pathways that my partner Tim Canterbury just mentioned. Yes and uh, and again we'll tweet all those out again if you need them to have an easy easy click on. Yes we will do the best that we can to help Mm. all of you. Yes. Um, What a week it's going to be. We're excited to be back here at the WCWS we're going to get to see our friends we're going to get to watch good softball it's the best time of the year it's let's go let's go alabama arizona coming up thursday six o'clock central time the games start at 11 a.m central time with oklahoma and james madison oklahoma state and georgia and uh alabama arizona and then also florida state ucla all the action starts thursday and runs through the champ series when we crown another national champion here in college softball for my partner tom canterbury i'm gray robertson thank you so much for tuning into the out of the box podcast see you next time